Hey, Fidelity, can I get a second opinion on stocks in the Fidelity app? With Fidelity, it's easy to get an outside opinion from independent experts in a single score. And then? When you're ready, trade U.S. stocks and ETFs with no commissions. That's right. I am always right. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity account. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at Fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Good Friday morning, the widening fallout over that landmark ruling on frozen embryos. What does it mean for families hoping for babies nationwide? It's February 23rd. This is today. Pressing pause. More clinics in Alabama stopping IVF procedures in the wake of that state Supreme Court decision. Couples left in limbo. Even though these are apparently my children, um, I don't have access to them. Just ahead, why some are leaving the state to continue treatment. The very latest in what it could mean for the future of fertility treatments across the U.S. Last stand, Nikki Haley making her case to voters in her home state on the eve of the next presidential primary. This is the time South Carolina can really step up. This morning, why Donald Trump says he doesn't care if she stays in the race. The latest from the campaign trail with just 24 hours to go. Breaking overnight on edge, growing fears at the University of Georgia after a young woman is killed during a jog on campus. Students rattled. I'm honestly not even considering walking by myself. I just don't want to take any chance at all. Inside the investigation with a potential killer still on the loose. Outage aftermath, the search for answers in the wake of that massive disruption impacting cell phone customers nationwide. This morning, new details on what may have caused it and what's being done to make sure it doesn't happen again. All that plus touchdown. Houston, Odysseus has found his new home. The history just made in space, the first U.S. moon landing in more than 50 years. The critical pictures and data, it is already beaming back to Earth today, Friday, February 23rd, 2024. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi there. Good morning. It's Friday. Mm-hmm. So nice to have you along with us. And we did it. Odysseus mm. made mm. contact with the moon. This is the first American lander to reach the moon in 52 years. And it's going to shoot back some of its images today. Oh, we look forward to that. Uh, back here on Earth, we do want to assure you, if you're waking up and you're checking your phone and you're thinking, is it working? It should be. Uh, there's a look at this. This is what we're calling the down detector. We became familiar with that yesterday after that major outage. As you can see, things appear to be back to normal and coming up we'll have new details on just what happened there all right but we're going to begin with the growing impact this morning of that alabama state supreme court ruling that said without exception frozen embryos are children under the law two more fertility clinics in that state are now pausing ivf fertility treatments bringing the total number of clinics there to at least three and for context there are only seven fertility clinics in the entire state, according to the Washington Post. Fertility doctors and their patients are scrambling over what is next. The topic is now a key issue on the campaign trail. We've got it all covered. We'll start with NBC's senior legal correspondent, Laura Jarrett. Laura, good morning. Hey, guys. Good morning. The fallout over this Alabama court decision really hitting a nerve. The legal risks to the doctors have them in a bind. The politics of it making for unusual allies. But the heart of this is about patients. So frustrating 
frustrated, confused, and in some cases trying to navigate their future fertility on something where timing is everything. Growing frustration this morning across Alabama as more patients in the middle of fertility treatments are learning their doctors are holding off on IVF, worried they could get sued because of a controversial new court ruling. Some couples even making the difficult decision to leave the state. We found a clinic that will take us in Texas. After three miscarriages, Gabby Goydell says her doctors recommended she have her embryos genetically tested to boost her chances of a healthy pregnancy. I'm not stopping this cycle. I've already been through too many shots, already invested too much time and energy. But what happens to embryos found with genetic abnormalities? Typically, they're not implanted and usually discarded. Others found not viable after the thaw process. It's all got fertility clinics on edge after the Alabama Supreme Court found frozen embryos no different than children, potentially putting clinics on the hook legally for their survival. As soon as I saw the number pop up on my phone, I knew it wasn't going to be um, good news. After spending nearly $250,000 on fertility treatments and a surrogate, Megan and Walker Cole were devastated to learn their fertility clinic not only canceled their embryo implantation this week, but say their clinic would not give them their frozen embryos to use outside the state. So even though these are apparently my children, um, I don't have access to them. Meanwhile, Alabama Supreme Court Chief Justice Tom Parker under scrutiny for invoking God in the court decision. This new reality in Alabama creating a politically perilous issue in an election year. I think it was a terrible ruling. Presidential hopeful Nikki Haley trying to clarify where she stands. We don't want fertility treatments to shut down. Well, Laura, we are seeing this political scramble to protect IVF now in Alabama. These clinics say they're in legal limbo. The couples are certainly in limbo. So what's next? And it's a bipartisan effort, at least in Alabama. You have Democrats and Republicans saying this is not what the voters want. This This court ruling is certainly out of step with what they're hearing from their constituencies. And so they're looking to try to find out ways to try to protect IVF and make it clear that actually a fertilized embryo should not have legal protections in the same way that they've done here. But again, guys, as we've talked about all week, other states are trying to copycat what Alabama is doing. And so it'll be interesting to see whether they go through with that, seeing the blowback here on Alabama. And meanwhile, I mean, if you've ever been through IVF, yep. if you're in that moment, it's a once in a lifetime. People mm-hmm. pour their whole life savings into having these fertility treatments. And it's not the kind of thing you can pause while the legislators figure and it out. And that's why these women are taking matters into their own hands. Wow. All right, Thank Laura, you, Laura. Thank you. We're going to take a closer look at what it all means for the future of fertility treatments nationwide later this morning. All right. Let's move now to the presidential race. It is the eve of South Carolina's Republican primary. And while all signs point to another decisive victory for Donald Trump, his lone remaining rival, Nikki Haley, is sharpening her attacks to try and close that gap. NBC's Garrett Haig joins us from Charleston. He's got the very latest. Hey, Garrett. Good morning. Hey, Hoda. Good morning. Yeah, we really are into the final sprint here in South Carolina, where Republican voters will soon have to choose between their former governor and a former president who so far has been steamrolling his way towards a third Republican nomination. This morning, Nikki Haley running hard in her home state. This is the time South Carolina can really step up and show the direction that we want our country to go in. But she's also running out of time to catch frontrunner Donald Trump before Saturday's primary. All he's doing is talking about himself. And that's the problem. 
is it's not about him. It's about the American people. Recent polls have Haley trailing the former president by nearly 30 points, but performing far better than Mr. Trump against President Biden in the general election this fall, a point she continues to pound home on the campaign trail. I defeat Joe Biden by 18 points in that Marquette poll. That's bigger than the presidency. That's House. That's Senate. That's governorships. That's everything. Mr. Trump dismissing Haley's candidacy in a radio interview. I don't care at this point if she stays in. She's getting very few votes. Overnight, lashing out at her at a Christian media convention. It looks like she's going to lose by 25 or 30 points. That's a lot. She's governor, but people don't like her too much. And she's hurting the party, but I don't care. Let her run. Voters like Yvonne Ramsey now left to choose between two candidates who've each never lost a race in South Carolina. When you put Nikki Haley's economic record up against Donald Trump's, what do you see? I don't think she did as much for South Carolina as Trump did, and especially in our Afro-American community. President Biden fundraising on the West Coast Thursday, contrasting his presidency with his once and likely future opponent, telling donors, quote, I'm not the gift of all presidents, but I'm sure as hell better than the last guy. After South Carolina, no rest for these candidates. The pace picks up even further. Michigan voting the following Tuesday. The week after that, Super Tuesday, with more than a dozen states voting all across the country. The polling there shows Donald Trump leads in all of those Super Tuesday states. Hoda. All right, Garrett Hake Forrest there in Charleston, South Carolina. And, of course, you can count on Meet the Press for complete coverage of the primary results on Sunday morning. Just check your local listings. Overseas already, high tensions are mounting between the U.S. and Russia this morning over Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine, which is about to enter its third year, and the death of Putin's most vocal critic, Alexei Navalny. We've got two reports, including the new action being taken by the White House this morning. But first, let's get to NBC's chief foreign correspondent, Richard Engel. He is in Ukraine for us this morning. Richard, good morning to you. Uh, Good morning, Savannah. It has been almost exactly two years since Russian troops invaded Ukraine. And these are just some of the thousands of rockets and missiles that Russia has fired since then and is still firing in this country as Ukraine now finds itself in a difficult position as American support is becoming less reliable. While in Russia, officials say that Alexei Navalny's cause of death was natural causes. The mother of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny has finally seen her son's body at a morgue near the Russian prison where he died. But she says authorities won't release his remains unless he's buried in secret. She posted her response for the world to see, saying, They are blackmailing me. They are setting conditions where, when, and how my son should be buried. That is illegal. Hundreds of Navalny's supporters have been arrested for honoring his legacy. And it seems Russia doesn't want a Navalny funeral to become a rally, or worse, a protest against President Vladimir Putin especially now while he's trying to show strength ahead of rubber stamp elections next month. He's been shown on Russian TV in trucks and in a modernized version of a Cold War long-range nuclear bomber, touting it as easier to control and very reliable. The U.S. unveiling new sanctions against Russia today.
But Putin appears unconcerned. His main priority, conquering Ukraine, is finally making progress, as promised American aid and weapons are held up by Congress. Ukrainian President Zelensky overnight again making a case for more aid. Will Ukrainians survive without Congress support? Of course, but not all of us. We went to the front, driving to the town of Chazivyar, where Russian troops are closing in. Without American weapons, the town could be the next to fall. And this is the town hall. It was destroyed by Russian strikes. And on the wall, Ukrainian troops have left a message. We are not asking for too much. We just need artillery shells and aviation. The rest we do ourselves. The acting mayor, Serhii Chaus, says with the town in ruins, nearly everyone has left. Are people angry with the United States? We just don't understand how someone can say that we are your support, you can count on our shoulder, and at the very same moment, we don't feel this shoulder of support, he says. After the loss of Avdivka, are Russian troops heading this way, heading for your town? He says, I think they are. 100%. A congressional delegation of five American senators, all Democrats, led by Chuck Schumer, is in Ukraine in a renewed effort to get the aid flowing. Savannah? Richard Engel in Kharkiv for us. Thank you. And we're joined now by NBC's chief White House correspondent, Peter Alexander. The president met with Navalny's family members. Tell me about that, how the meeting came about. Yeah, a private meeting that took place in California where the president was traveling for some fundraising. They had a chance to meet with Yulia, the widow, also their daughter, Dasha, who's a student at Stanford University uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area. The president in that private visit had a chance to basically thank them, praise them for the incredible courage as he described it. And he also detailed the specific new sanctions that he's going to be imposing today against Russia, many of them in response to Alexei Navalny's death. He said that he was impressed by their will to continue to fight for a free and democratic Russia on behalf of their husband and father. I mean, one of the questions always is with these sanctions, are they going to have any teeth that'll bite because Russia's been able to evade so many of them. What are these sanctions all about? Well, it's a good question. So I just spoke to a national security official overnight who basically said to me that these likely will not have any bite in the near term, but over time they could sap Russia's uh, military, its war capabilities. The president just this morning, Savannah, in fact, within the last hour, announcing 500 plus new targets for these sanctions in Russia. They're going to target those related to the imprisonment of Alexei Navalny, that brutal prison camp in Siberia, the financial sector, the military sector. They're going to try also to target the oil revenues that Russia has been receiving right now. Iran's also going to be sanctioned here because the U.S. has major concerns that if they haven't already, they'll provide new ballistic missiles going forward to Russia to help them in this effort. The president privately just this week described Vladimir Putin at one of those fundraisers in California as, in his words, what was it, a a crazy SOB, as he said it. He's really been upset about this, but really there's no way to replace the aid money that Ukraine needs right now. Alexei Navalny, obviously his loss. And we just heard from Volodymyr Zelensky this week saying that his forces are in an extremely difficult 
position. The aid package passed overwhelmingly in the Senate, but it's held up in Mm -hmm. in the House. Republicans largely holding it up right now. All right. Peter, thank you for the update. Meantime, AT&T users and federal investigators are still trying to process yesterday's wake-up call. That nationwide, hours-long cell service outage, it caused a host of disruptions. NBC's business correspondent Brian Chung is back with us this morning. He's got an update for us. Hey, Brian. Good morning, Hoda. This was a massive outage that left families unable to contact each other, businesses confused about how to open, and emergency services scrambling to offer alternative ways of contact. AT&T says its network is now back up and running for its over 241 million connected devices, and we're learning new details on what may have led to the issue. Just 24 hours ago, users on one of the country's largest mobile networks were left unable to make even basic calls or send texts for half a day. Is it the end of the world? Apparently, the whole country doesn't have service. Like, what's going on? I want to talk to the CEO. I'm so dang on sick of y'all. AT&T now saying they believe the 12-hour issue, quote, was caused by the application and execution of an incorrect process used as we were expanding our network, not a cyber attack. The company added it is further investigating the matter. Several government agencies said they're taking a look, too, including Homeland Security, the Federal Communications Commission, and the FBI. Experts say most of the time, outages aren't malicious. The FBI is going to be looking for any sort of criminal activity. However, uh, 99.9% of the time, technical outages of this nature, whether it's with a power company, a telecommunications company, or even your bank, tend to be of a technical operational network. DownDetector.com showed issues beginning Thursday at 4 a.m. Hours later, the count on reported problems had surged to over 70,000 as users tried to troubleshoot their phones. That's the AT&T line that says emergency calls only and, uh, and there's no service. Emergency services advising people to use landlines or even call boxes as workarounds. Around 3 p.m. Thursday, AT&T announced it had restored wireless service to all of its affected customers. That was too late for Conchinia Fowler in Greenville, South Carolina, who had no choice but to close her restaurant, Vegan House Shack, for the day. Thursday is a big day for me. I lost a lot of money. She uses AT&T to take the 20% of orders that come by phone and also uses a hotspot to process the card terminal she needs to process sales. Now Fowler says she's done. Are you thinking this is crazy enough I might switch? Oh, it's definitely a switch. Switch is definitely going to take place. And a tip for those of you whose phones were stuck on SOS mode. When that happens, you can make an emergency call and ping your location to emergency services. On iPhones, they can also contact a loved one or family member designated as an emergency contact, which you have to set up. It's a good reminder if that situation from yesterday ever happens again, guys. All right, Brian. Thank you. Thank you. Let us turn to the weather now. we got a first check of the forecast. Al's off. So, Mr. Bill Karen. Hello, Bill. Paying us Great to be back. Hi. You know, I'm suspicious that Al may know when the nice weather's coming because, like, you know, take the long weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got a really nice weekend coming. But first, we have to get there. Today, we're dealing with a rainy, foggy start to the Ohio Valley and the East Coast. Heaviest rains, Greenville, South Carolina, heading towards Columbia. It's raining hard, Virginia Beach. In New England, there's a little bit of snow and a little bit of freezing rain from overnight. Be careful in those Elevated surfaces, western mass, also through southern New Hampshire into areas of Maine. This will be in and out in a hurry, though. And as we go throughout the day, it warms up and it won't be a problem. So in the southeast, we're going to see a few strong storms this afternoon in the Carolina coastline, Georgia coastline. But look at the middle of the country. And for our friends in California that have been through too much, things are finally beginning to improve for you. And that's your Friday forecast. Weekend forecast till it come. All right. Thank you, Bill. Bill, thank you. Just ahead, a frightening murder mystery on the University of Georgia campus. 
campus, a young jogger killed, and now students fearing for their safety. We'll have the latest. Plus, important advice ahead of the housing market's busy spring season. From mortgage rates to listing prices, there's a lot that buyers and sellers need to know. We'll break it all down for you. But first, this is Today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We can confirm, without a doubt, as our equipment is on the surface of the moon. Houston, Odysseus has found his new home. I love watching the cheering squad there back 730. That was history made in space. A private company called Intuitive Machines hmm. successfully completing the first U.S. moon landing in more than 50 years. It's a robot. 14 feet long, named Odysseus. On board, six NASA experiments that are expected to uh, operate for up to seven days on the lunar surface. Wow. So, Look how happy they awesome. I know. So where I find that spacecraft to be so cute. Do you know when it landed on the moon? <laughs> it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. it is. Big, big deal. Welcome in, Chanel. Happy Good to morning. have you. Thank you, Chanel. We'll see Craig next week. He'll be back. First up in this half hour, a frightening crime on a college campus. A young woman's body was found in a wooded area at the University of Georgia. Students there on edge this morning as police work to identify and arrest a suspect. NBC's Blaine Alexander is in Athens for us with the very latest. Hey, Blaine, good morning. Well, guys, good morning to you. Here in Athens, police are calling this an active investigation, and they say they do believe that foul play was involved. Now, we've just learned that this victim was actually a student at UGA until last spring. She was still active in the sorority here, and she had just transferred to a nearby school. Now, today, classes on UGA's campus are canceled as students here are left grieving and afraid. This morning at the University of Georgia, the quiet calm of a college campus is shattered, replaced with an active police investigation after officials found the body of a young woman on campus Thursday morning. This is a tragic day. Police say a concerned individual called 911 after her friend went out for a morning run near UGA and never returned. Officials began searching and found her within minutes in an area around Lake Herrick near the school's intramural fields. The individual was unconscious and not breathing and had visible injuries. Police have not released the victim's name, but overnight, the president of nearby Augusta University confirmed she was a student at the school's College of Nursing campus in Athens. In a letter to students, he expressed his deepest sorrow, writing, the receipt of this news was shocking to all of us. It's left students at both schools in fear. I'm worried about my safety. Like, it's just, it's really scary. 
It all comes just one day after another student died suddenly on the UGA campus, though officials say the two incidents are not linked. In a statement, the school acknowledges the difficult week, writing, it will uniquely test the resolve of our campus community, particularly our students. Now, as police search the area and comb through security footage for a suspect, they say there is no immediate danger to the public. Students are not so sure. I'm honestly not even considering walking by myself. I just don't want to take any chance at all. So as you just pointed out, authorities are saying there's no immediate danger there, but kids are obviously scared. So what are authorities doing to keep them safe? Oh, absolutely. And while they say there is no immediate danger, they say that any time there is a suspect, certainly, that hasn't been captured, there is cause for great concern. They're urging any students, if possible, to not travel alone. Walk with friends or walk in groups if you're traveling around campus. Now, the police chief here says that in the past 20 years, he can't recall a homicide on campus like this. And they're asking anybody with any information to call police. Guys. All right. Blaine Alexander Forrest there in Athens, Georgia. Blaine, thank you. Well, coming up, the blame game now playing out in court at the first trial over that deadly Rust movie set shooting. We'll have the latest from the courthouse. But first, Christine Romans is here with your guide to the busy spring home buying season. Hi, guys. House hunters, are you ready? There might be a thaw in the deep freeze that has been the American real estate market. I've got everything you need to know if you're buying or selling a home this spring. That's right after break. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Now, 738 with In-Depth Today. This morning, the volatile housing market. According to new data, the median sales price rose to nearly $380,000 in January, the seventh monthly increase in a row. Mm. Okay, the hottest time of year to buy is just around the corner, the spring market. So what does shoppers and sellers need to know to navigate it? NBC's senior business correspondent Christine Romans is here with the answer. Christine, are you expecting a robust spring market? I think, you know, it was a deep freeze last year. You had the the slowest amount of home sales last year since 1995. It was a deep freeze. I think you're going to see a thaw. We saw home sales rise in January 3.1%, and that's good news. You're still seeing those prices rise. That's because there's not a lot of inventory, but we're expecting that might shake out a little bit this spring. A couple of things to keep in mind. A well-priced home, those are going fast. Mm. Overpriced homes are not anymore. And Zillow says one in five sellers are cutting prices right now to move a house. So it could be finally for home buyers. There might be some there might be some room for you this year. But I also think it's very competitive it among is. home buyers. I feel like if you don't act quickly, 
the house goes like mm. that. As you know, you've got to be ready. You have to, you know, get your loan uh, pre-approved. Yep. Go to annualcreditreport.com. Make sure your credit is in good shape and you don't have any surprises. Be ready to shop early. You know, don't wait until March or April because everyone who's been sort of frozen out the last couple of years and who wants to move, there's pent-up demand for people to move. Maybe they've got kids they want to put in a certain school district. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have to move for a job and they've been sort of frozen out. I think you're going to see people trying to shop out there this year and try to get uh, to get some traction in the housing market. I have family members who are trying to hold out for better rates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the rate thing is a real problem. And I don't think you're going to get a better rate until the second half of the year. If you are holding out for three or four percent, you need to you need to move if you need to move for your family. I wouldn't wait for the for the for the rates. And you know, maybe you can refinance next year. You got to do the math because you pay closing costs then twice. If you buy a house now thinking you're going to refinance this fall, you're going to pay a bunch of of fees. So be careful out there. Don't bet on three to four percent right now. I mean, the mortgage rate is right now at seven percent. Cody, you've asked me so many times about mortgage rates. You're like, where are they going, Christine? Where are they going? Up or down? Up or down? And yeah. right now they're just stuck. Uh, they're just stuck Betty. there. So, so don't wait. wait. So I, I mean. Look, a higher mortgage rate, a mortgage rate at 7% is a lot less house to afford than 3 or 4%. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's it, these, <laughs> these rates. Uh, I, and I do think that they've been high for long enough that people are starting to make decisions based on their life, not mm-hmm. based on, on the mortgage rate. There's another interesting thing happening with older homeowners, too, and that is they've got... Um, record high stock prices in their mm-hmm. 401ks and their IRAs. Some of them are starting to say, well, wait, I, I have money here. Why am I not moving because of a mortgage rate? They're, you know, they yeah. they have a little bit of a cushion because of their well, stock What if you do want to sell? I mean, what mm-hmm. do sellers need to do to get ready You for need this? to be well-priced. Use, uh, look, use a broker that really knows your neighborhood so you price the mm-hmm. house right. That's really important here. Yeah. Also, uh, don't bet on the bidding wars of days past. In some neighborhoods, there are. In the tri-state mm-hmm. area here, there still are some bidding wars. But, uh, you know, Remember when people would go in, there'd be 400 people who lined up outside and the house would go for cash, you know, Mm -hmm. 20% over. I think those days might be over. That was 2020, 2021. 2022 was a a deep freeze. 2023, a deep freeze. Now I think you're going to see a thaw and we're going to get to a more normal housing market for the spring selling season. Cool. Fingers crossed. All right, girl. Have a good weekend, Christine. All right, let us get a check of the weather. We got Mr. Bill Karen's in for Al this morning. So are you guys going to be upset if I say that winter's over? No. no. Are you See, kidding? you'd be happy about that? Yes. See, some people like me. There's a lot, like one more snowstorm. Oh, no. Who says more winter? Wait, what are you the groundhog? <laughs> not many of us. We're yeah. a really small group. Yeah, have, yeah. But yeah, uh, this is getting a little scary. I mean, we, we have six days left in February, and it is incredibly warm. People are sending me pictures of like flowers sprouting all over the place. The leaves are popping out in the southern half of the country. Today, it's 73 in Dallas, and that's going to be the coolest day you're going to have for like the next week. It's going to be pretty insane. So we're very warm in the middle of the country, and then it only gets gets warmer as we go through your weekend. We get 60s all the way up into South Dakota in February. And by the time we get towards Monday, we should have widespread record heat. We could be 90 in Dallas-Fort Worth. Minneapolis is going to be in the mid-60s as by the time we get to Monday. And a lot of this warm air does head to the east. I know better than to cancel winter before we get to March, which can be a very cruel month. But there's no signs of any cold air anywhere east of the Rockies anytime soon. Now, for those of us that still love winter, I'm here for you. Okay. All right, Bill. Thank <laughs> is you. Is that so you and that one other person? Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> one guy. All right, just ahead, I got a fun morning boost that I can't wait to share with you guys. Plus, a throwback tech is really having a moment. Stephanie Gosk is exploring the trend. What are you working on? (laughs) Oh, hey, guys. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I'm playing Tetris on my 1989 vintage Game Boy. I don't even need the Internet. In fact, that is one of the draws to all of this retro tech. I'll have all the details coming up.
We are back 748 with the sudden rise of old school technology. We like that little throwback here. Gadgets like flip phones and iPods. They're trendy again. Even Walkmans, they are in high demand for resellers Ooh, and for collectors. Oh, Walkmans. NBC Stephanie Goss joins us with that story. Hey, Steph. Steph. Hey, guys. Good morning. You know, for those of us old enough to remember when vintage technology was actually new, these retro devices take us back to a very specific time and place. There's a certain charm to it, but how much would you be willing to spend to hold it in your hands again? Hundreds? Thousands? For some, that little piece of nostalgia is priceless. At the time, the name was genius. The Walkman. Music in hand and on the move. It was a revolution. Roughly 40 years later, the name hasn't aged so well, but the devices themselves are definitely having a moment. The Sony Walkman, including the beloved yellow sports model, can fetch hundreds of dollars on eBay. And if the so-called portable music player is in the original box, the price jumps into the thousands. It isn't just the Walkman either. Old devices of all kinds are being scooped up in an increasingly online world. From record players and VHS machines to film cameras and video game consoles. All things offline are starting to look pretty good again. I have some cool stuff. For the last six years, Ron Leckler uh, has been collecting VHS and players and old like TVs. I also have uh, this little solid state TV is a Sony solid state from 1967. He's got 14 of them. I just feel like there's a joylessness to digital media. You can't really like hold it in your hands the way that you used to. According to Google, old school technology has seen a rise in search trends. Searches are up 5,000% for the iPod Classic. Point and shoot cameras reached a five-year high. And retro game console searches are up 350%. With a demand for handheld games like the Game Boy from 1989. And this relic console, the Atari 2600. He died there. At a game store in Manhattan, they have an old Atari in stock. For now, the manager tells me the vintage games go fast. So a genuinely brand new system is honestly worth a lot. Look at this. This 1989 Game Boy called out to me. Turns out Tetris is a bit like riding a bike. Oh yeah, two rows. No need for Wi-Fi, the game wasn't downloaded. And no charger, just a few trusty double A's. Uh, so, so guys, it was great. I was standing there. I'm so proud of myself. I'm nailing Tetris. <laughs> the manager looks at me and goes, yeah, we get a lot of grandparents in here that are good at it. Oh, no. Yep. I love yep. it. Oh, Boom, he just dropped the hat. Did you really buy that, by the way? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Right. I like the idea that. Yeah. And I might have played it last night. <laughs> <a little bit. laughs> I, I like the idea that it's you know Wi-Fi free. Yeah. Yes. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. 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 I mean, go offline. Yeah. Love it. When yeah. the battery dies, it's, it's a wrap for me. Yeah. Right. Which I think actually it may just sure. died. Thank, Thank you, Steph. Thank, Thank you, Steph. All right, Hoda, we're ready for the booth. Here we go. Here we go. All right, a North Carolina elementary school getting some well-deserved attention this week for collecting cereal for charity and having a whole bunch of fun in the process. Take a look. Oh, 
ball. That's fun. And off they go, one by one. This is Clemens Elementary School in Clemens, North Carolina. They spent two weeks collecting cereal boxes for a local food pantry. You know how many boxes they ended up with? How many? 2,800. They went way over their goal. It took them five hours to set up this domino chain, by the way. Wow. It took three minutes for them all to fall down. Look at that. The chain wove all the way through the school, down the hallway, wow. through the cafeteria, wow. on and on and on and on and on. The kids were cheering. They were screaming. It was just amazing. And all for a great cause. Because they'll all be donated. Look at this. What a How? fun memory. Oh, wow. my word. We had to speed it up to get it all done, but you get it. That's amazing. But That's how did not, cool. not one of those kids knocked one over? That's I mean, shocking. Oh, That's you worked right. together on that one. Yes. Uh, you don't want to be the one kid that yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> does that. that was great. Kudos to those kids. All right, just ahead, the rock star-like welcome that Travis Kelsey received at his girlfriend's concert overnight. The latest on their love story of pop star. <laughs> Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.